Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens, a show where we discuss feminism in pop culture. Things are feeling pretty apocalyptic in the world right now, and we hope everyone listening is safe, healthy, and being kind to themselves. If you find yourself looking for something to do in the midst of quarantine, binge along with us and listen as we continue our series on FX and Hulu's Mrs. America. Today, we will be talking about episode two of the miniseries entitled Gloria. Before we dig in, though, we'd like to take this little opportunity to introduce ourselves and pop off. So, for starters, I'm Pate. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm an English major and women and gender studies minor. And so, a little fun story about me. After last week's um, episode about Phyllis Schlafly, um, Basically, her ghost started to haunt me everywhere I went. <laughs> and um, so I was showing my podcast to my parents because I was really proud of it as it was great, right? And <laughs> so I'm talking to my dad about this and he goes, oh, Phyllis Schlafly? Yeah, I drove her from the airport one time. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, so she was speaking at this thing called the Eagle Forum, which is, like, a group of conservative women, I guess, and he just, like, volunteered one of his friends, asked him to pick her up from the Birmingham airport and take her to this old hotel that's no longer existing, and he picked her up, and he even said that she was weird, which is <laughs> a lot. My dad is, like, a Republican conservative man. But even he thought she was weird. And so Wait, like I, weird in what way? Yeah. So like he picked her up and she all she was asking was like, Oh, how are you involved in this Eagle Forum? Which is, you know, like a group for women. And my dad was like, Oh, um, I'm not. I just, you know, someone asked me to pick you up and I did. And then she just like was not interested in talking to him anymore. Oop. So I just was like, what a small world. Like, and then I he just didn't get that she's famous in a sense and now has a tv show about her with where a queen is her actress um yeah and so then as i mentioned in the past episode my mom and i are watching mrs mazel and in season three midge mazel is doing advertising and getting paid to do it and she gets this opportunity to do a live advertisement for phyllis schlafly's live radio show and her dad's like this woman is crazy you cannot like support her and midge is like oh it's money and then she goes and reads the script and she is crazy and so (laughs) then she just like walks out of the studio and this all happened i swear within three days and i was like i'm sorry i've never heard of phyllis schlafly and now she is everywhere (laughs) she's literally stalking you I think her ghost is haunting. She's coming for you. And so I'm going to just continue to see. I'm sure I'll see like a billboard with her on it at some point. (laughs) Probably with Mrs. America on it. Yes. I wonder if that, if, if any of our listeners have felt that Phyllis Schlafly is following them, let us know. Comment below. We'd love to hear your story. Can we please speak to Phyllis Schlafly? Oh, that could be a cool... Just kidding. I don't really want to talk to her. I have, a, I have a Ouija board, but I don't know that they'll be able, if it'll be able to censor all the way from Massachusetts if she's, she's down in Birmingham with you. Mom, if you're listening, I don't actually want to use a Ouija board. I know you told me not to do that. 
I don't even know how to follow that intro up. Okay, so Quinn was our like nothing. Okay, that's a flop. Um, I'll go. I'm Quinn. We're all graduating. Nellie Payton. I were all graduating from Swanee, the University of the South, on Sunday. So, um, send us lots of doll hairs. Graduating in quotes is key because it's virtual. Yes. So, if you want to send us, yeah, we're graduating via Zoom. So, if any of our listeners want to send us um, monies and or (laughs) job opportunities, we will gladly take them. Um, But I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm graduating with an English and Women's and Gender Studies double major, Bachelor of the Arts, Slay. Um, Fun fact about me, I'm an Enneagram six wing seven. We stand the Enneagram and that's the T. What's your um, star sign? Oh, I'm a Taurus with a Gemini moon. So watch your back. I cry. Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, I'm Nelly, um, and as I said just a moment ago, I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm always away from these two, which is sad because our senior year was cut short. Ripped away from us. Ripped away from us, but we're staying connected via podcast and Zoom, so shout out to Zoom. Um, Zoom, sponsor us. More about me. Um, I am, I'm a Libra with a lot of Scorpio in my chart, um, which I think says a lot about me. And I'm an Enneagram two wing three, which I identify strongly with. Um, let's see. I don't know what else to share about myself. What were your majors? Oh, um, I'm a double major in religious studies and women and gender studies, or I guess was. I'm graduating with that. Um, and people are always like, oh, that's kind of a strange combo. And I'm like, no, it's not. They are very heavily related. And Phyllis Schlafly is the perfect example of that because she uses so much of um, Christian rhetoric to advance her platform. And yeah. I have a little bit, like, I think it'd be cool to talk more about that maybe later in the show. But Um, because I have one of my professors, shout out Dr. Kurtz. Um, She sent me an article written by Emily Johnson, who talks, um, her scholarship is on uh, the the formation of the religious right, like the Christian right, Mm. and how women, women leaders like Phyllis Schlafly helped to form the, like essentially formed the Christian right. So it's really interesting to think about the Stop ERA's movement in relation to religion so that's one of the example one example of where my majors um overlap so people are always like that's a weird combo and I'm like no it's not so that was a long-winded answer to what were your majors (laughs) (laughs) she was on the order of the gown president (laughs) which is a And like I said, Quinn was the homecoming queen and also co-director of our women's center in Swanee. And I um, drank a lot and watched clips of 90 Day Fiance on YouTube. If you walk around, if you walk around Swanee's campus with Pete, like you'll feel famous. Yes. Her. So you will. Um, so yeah literally this podcast is just for our self-esteem um, and that's the that. <laughs> so but now Gloria that we've Steinem, given Gloria Steinem has a lot of scholarship on self-esteem so <laughs> important to acknowledge and we love Gloria and that is where our episode begins
So now that we've given you a lot of Archie, that was a wild ride. Thanks for hanging in there. Honestly, we listened to the last episode, which was a little rough just in general, but was a lot of fun to make. And we think that there's a lot of potential there. And we were like, we feel like we did not chat with our listeners. So that's us. Um, Thanks for powering through that. Um, Now that we've given you a lot of our tea, let's start spilling tea on this week's episode. So to summarize Gloria, a la IMDB, quote, while Phyllis mobilizes grassroots support in her fight against the ERA, Gloria Steinem fins off Bella as Abzug's attempts to drag her further into the political game, end quote. So to be quite honest, I started watching Mrs. America two weeks ago, and the first three episodes were the first three to come out. So I had to rewatch this episode, and I looked up the summary before I rewatched it, and I was a little salty with this um, summary because I thought it was a bit of a flop just in the way that it frames it through Phyllis again. We talked a lot about framing in the last episode, but after rewatching the episode, I realized that it's kind of accurate because it speaks to how. Schlafly's rising power looms throughout the episode. So even though Gloria is our focus, I think it's interesting that Phyllis and her group of women are kind of framed as the underdogs doing this grassroots campaigning. And we see Gloria kind of at the top of her game, struggling with what she's going to do next. So although Gloria Steinem is the titular focus of the episode, this is not the grandiose origin story that we see for Phyllis in the episode Phyllis. Um, which is interesting because Steinem is credited as one of, if not the most influential feminists of all time. And I personally found her vulnerability in this episode to be both refreshing and a bit jarring, just because I don't think that we see that side of her now. So I'm curious, what did y'all think of the episode just in general? And what were some scenes that especially stuck out to you? Um, I agree that, like, especially I had kind of a similar reaction after watching it a second time through. And I felt like her, the vulnerability of Gloria is like the, a very key part of this episode. Um, And I feel like, I mean, I was trying to think of like a specific scene that was my favorite or like the one that stood out the most. And I feel like that scene where she's walking into work and, um, a woman stops her to sign her magazine and they have a conversation about abortion and just kind of the underlying, um, I mean, it's really not underlying, but how that you kind of get an insight into Gloria's mind and her experience and what drives her, um, you can't really call it like political motivation because yeah. she doesn't like politics, but really like her, her goals, like she wants um, reproductive rights and freedom for women um yeah and you really see kind of what molds that drive throughout this episode both in that interaction with that woman um and also with the flashback um to her I actually think like that scene the flashback to her abortion experience was really interesting um because like the doctor says um like I can't remember the quote exactly, but he's like, there are two things you must remember. You must promise me. Or you must promise me. You must promise to not tell anyone my name and to do what you want with your life. And I just think that like that 
my I was watching I was rewatching it with my brother last night and he was like this guy's like the ultimate G and I was like yeah that's kind of true um but like I mean Gloria Steinem's the ultimate G like that's true reality but um I do think that like remember to do whatever you want with your life and I think she's like I want this goal for all women um and for it to not be like you can't tell anyone who I am either so yeah, that scene, the exact one you're talking about, when she herself is um, going through the abortion procedure, it, like, brought me to tears, just mm-hmm. because I feel like it's not portrayed very often, yeah. and it was such a vulnerable, intimate moment, and I was not expecting the doctor to say that. I, well, I expected him to say the first thing, which was, promise me you won't tell anyone my name. And then when he goes on to say, and promise me you'll do whatever you want with your life, I got choked up because it was just like, I don't know. I don't really know how to put it into words. Like I said, it was intimate and vulnerable, but also so powerful in just showing the backstory of how she like grew into this powerful woman that other women look up to. And I think that to your point, Pate, and also speaking to a bit of what you said, Nellie, what really struck me about that moment is that although I point out that this episode as a whole isn't a huge fictionalized origin story like we see for Phyllis in the previous episode, it shows that in that moment, that really kind of is her origin story. Like we don't need an entire fictionalized episode to see the beginnings of Gloria because that right there, that moment of vulnerability, I think for me, pinpointed the moment in which this fight became personal for her. And I think that that's in sharp contrast to Schlafly, whose jump into the fight is portrayed as something to gain political power. And I thought it was interesting when during the party, jumping to the beginning of the episode now, when Gloria is talking to Bella and says something along the lines of, and this is why I hate politics. And I think, again, that really highlights her interest in the issues as opposed to the political systems and oppressions in place that she has to overcome. She doesn't see those as systems to benefit from. She sees those as systems that she has to challenge, which I found really interesting. Yeah, and I think in this episode, we continue to watch Schlafly climb up politically and Almost, I don't want to say she like tears other women down, but just through this episode, you can really see how she wants to gain power herself and not necessarily like the movement. Um, For example, when she doesn't want to send out her mailing list to another woman, it's because she was saying, I worked so hard to make that list. And yeah, you know, the point is, well, if you really cared about the cause, you would want to send that list out, but it really is about you. And of course, this is probably fictionalized and definitely played up, but there were just other little moments, especially when she was like, oh, I'll take control and I'll be the the head speaker for this cause. It really just continued to, I guess, prove the argument that this is about power for her and not necessarily. Well, this was something that I didn't really, I guess like maybe when I I wasn't watching it as um, intently the first time I watched it, but this second time watching that scene where Eleanor's leading a, I think it's a Christian. It was like a Bible Bible study. study. Yeah. When she's leading this, like Phyllis completely like overhauls. Steamrolls her. And, and like, 
Eleanor's already steamrolled constantly, but yes, in this scenario, she's the leader of this Bible study, and Phyllis completely overtakes the conversation by kind of doing what you're saying, Kate, and is like, what she does is incite fear in these housewives. Um, this is what the kind of article that I was referencing before that Emily Johnson wrote for Religion and Politics um, I can read a little quote I have, but she says, the argument is one that the real Schlafly often used to whip up support among her base of largely white middle and upper upper middle class homemakers who worried that the women's liberation movement would take their choice to be stay-at-home mothers or at least make them the butt of jokes about clueless ladies who refused to be liberated. And that's kind of what, there's a very um, key moment in the show where women are walking up the stairs to go into the um into the courtroom and gloria says like these women are afraid that like their rights are going to be taken away um and they're so embedded this is what we're talking about last episode but being so embedded in the patriarchy that they have this fear and schlafly totally capitalizes off that fear um she she gains she gains political power by inciting this fear in homemakers and it's almost like it's almost impressive in a way how how yeah. how she climbs the climbs the power ladder in doing this but of course it's like completely manipulative and problematic but well in something that I found really interesting and I'm glad that this came at the beginning of the episode because as you were saying Nellie I think the first time I was watching it I was watching it with my mom shout out to Pamela if you're listening love you girly but <laughs> when we were watching, we were just fuming. Like, it's hard during a first watch not to feel so personally invested in this. But upon a second watching, I was in a strange way glad that they included the line that Fred Schlafly says to Phyllis as they're moving out. Uh, They're, like, moving her mother's boxes into the guest room where he says, nobody likes the feminists, not even liberals. I think that framed this episode really well. And it makes me think of, I read this article by Ann Cohen for Refinery29 called Mrs. America, episode two recap, the powerful truth behind Gloria Steinem's real abortion story. And she had this great quote that just summarized so much of what I was feeling. Um, She said, quote, what's striking about Gloria is how it frames the role of men in all this. As Fred so jokingly puts it in the beginning of the episode, nobody likes feminists, not even liberals. That turns out to be eerily accurate as we watch someone like George McGovern, widely remembered as a progressive force in American politics, chafe under the scrutiny of the women's movement. To him, they are a niche issue. And then she goes on to say, Schlafly and her supporters gave men an excuse to continue doing what felt comfortable. They even doled out baked goods as the reward for doing so. From bread makers to the breadwinners is a catchy slogan, no matter how irritating it is. Steinem, on the other hand, was putting them on the spot. What's easier to stomach? A loaf of fresh bread or, a com- or the complete upheaval of the societal food chain you control, end quote. And I put that in the document that we're referencing today, and all I said was oof. Because <laughs> I, I, I felt that deep in my soul, watching that scene that you were talking about, Nellie, where it's half of the women splitting off and half are a part of the women's liberation movement and half are a part of the Stop ERA movement. Oh, man. It, yeah, it was a lot. Did y'all notice that um, in this episode, there were women of color on the women of women's liberation movement and only white women when it came to the Stop ERA? 
Well, in this, that's so interesting. I didn't think. I mean, I don't know how accurate that is, um, but you know, ever since last episode, I've been curious about women of color and how they're represented. And I was happy to see that they were represented um, in a sense in this episode, but kind of only in the background. Well, and I'm excited because next week we'll be talking about Shirley and that episode really um, dives into not only Shirley herself, but also kind of the ways in which um, women are I don't want to give too much away that we're going to be talking about, but of course, like the ways in which women are left out of the ERA movement, but then also kind of some of the complicated and um, racist rhetoric that happens on the stop ERA side. Um, So, and like the way that Schlafly as the leader of that, again, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but like handles that situation. So I think to Pate's point, I kind of noticed that on a second watching now that I'm thinking back to it. I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that it shows the issue of tokenism which again, we'll talk about in the Shirley episode, but that's really interesting to think about even the background actresses and actors in the show representing ERA versus Stop ERA. Yeah, and I wonder if, I wonder if the show does a bit of a disservice to itself by not addressing this issue sooner, because the show does kind of tackle like the concept of tokenism for sure. But I, I mean, I wonder if it's either making a statement by not addressing it till the third episode because it is then oftentimes seen as an afterthought in mainstream culture which is a problem but also thinking about how like should this be tackled in this episode perhaps um it's definitely something to think critically about for sure yeah so another thing that I thought what was interesting was that Rose Byrne, the actor who plays Gloria Steinem, came under fire after a tweet from Variety was released. I think it was actually like a week ago today. Um, and Variety used a misleading headline to promote an interview with the star in which they took the following quote out of context. So Rose Byrne said, quote, six kids, a law degree, a marriage, an activist to the NIFEMS. She was the first rate feminist. Absolutely. Talk about an independent woman, end quote talking about Phyllis. And I had so many people send this to me being like, Rose Byrne is canceled. We're busy that day. Step aside. But then it came out that if you listen to the audio or read the transcript of the interview, you can tell she's being sarcastic. And Variety eventually deleted the tweet and apologized. But I I think it's interesting to think about this scenario in relation with the Gloria episode, because I think that we see Gloria Steinem dealing with the same things and this episode and her tensions with the media. I mean, whether it's her misogynist um, publisher who's talking about how great her legs are, like women are constantly up against the media, which I just thought was crazy. And also the scene where she's getting on the plane with Betty and they had talked about how, like earlier on the show, Betty had been quoted um and then she says she's misquoted kind of she's like trashing glorious somewhat um and gloria i mean in my opinion very much takes the high road in this and just by saying people are always trying to divide up women it's just another way to take our power and um it's really interesting to be thinking about the media's role in this movement and how again thinking about like positions of power in these movements like how are women being pinned against one another when like that isn't the goal that really is not the goal of 
the ERA movement, but um, I don't know. I thought that was a really quotable moment from Gloria for sure. Also a little off topic, but Rose Byrne um, is like, I don't know. I just love her. She was the mom in, in, in Insidious. Did you know that? <laughs> no, no yeah. I didn't know that, but Insidious was the first like scary movie I ever saw. Same. And also she was Helen in the Bridesmaids, in Bridesmaids. Yes. She can do horror. She can do comedy and she can do, um, a feminist queen. <laughs> like, I thought she did Gloria Steinem very well. Um, so I just, we love, we love that. And a word, in the words of a tweet that I saw, we are not canceling Rose Byrne today and we are canceling her never. And that's the tea. But like I said, I found her performance of Gloria to be both refreshing and a bit jarring, which I think speaks mostly to my bias and my naivete and wanting to see this woman that I've looked up to in the feminist movement just be this badass, super queen, Wonder Woman, does it all. And so to see her struggling with a lot of vulnerabilities and insecurities that I think we've all felt as women's and gender studies majors and working in different capacities and leadership roles at college, I don't know. It, it really spoke to me and it really surprised me in a really good way. What did you guys think of her performance in this episode? Well, I'm wondering what you found most jarring. Like what was, I guess, most difficult to swallow or like, I don't know, surprising? I think the most surprising, and again, this speaks to my naivete and I should have done more research into her before I watched this show, I think. But even just watching her at the party and even in the scene where she's talking to the misogynistic um, publisher, she kind of shrinks herself. And again, with Bella, when she is taking that high road, she again kind of shrinks herself. And she makes herself smaller for the benefit of the movement, but it really makes you wonder how that's benefiting herself. And I found it really interesting that, again, as I've grown up with Gloria Steinem, she's always been introduced to me as an integral part of the feminist movement and as a scholar and journalist. And so to see her portrayed as someone dealing with her position in the movement as someone who was just a pretty face, that's really hard. And I mean, when Bella said jokingly, oh, we don't just need your face, we need your tits and ass too. I mean, clearly she means it in an endearing way because they're friends, but at the same time, that took me aback a little bit because I kind of wanted to be like, you don't know who you're talking to. That's Gloria. But I'm like, I'm 22 years old living in 2020. It's easy for me to see it that way. I guess her origin story is just a lot different than how I pictured it. It also, like, I feel like goes back to something that we were talking about yesterday that, like, like having to, like, play the game a little bit in, like, these political gains which is like obviously a problem but it's a reality um but it's interesting because like what you're saying I had kind of a similar reaction just because I expected Gloria's personality to be different um and I almost expected her to be a little bit more like Betty in terms of just being like very much of course like Betty is a complicated character but to be um like more of a go-getter and self like and assertive and um self-righteous and not, not that Gloria isn't those things she very much is but um you definitely see kind of what you're getting at is that like 
that vulnerability and um I think in a lot of ways making herself smaller um when she is seen as, as this leader of the movement for sure by a lot of people yeah I thought when the editor made you know a sexist remark about her legs and she just kind of rolled her eyes and dealt with it so that she could get published you know that just reminds me of almost every woman that is in the workforce and has to deal with I guess these small sexist comments that they just deal with I guess to be successful I just finished this book called The Whisper Network by Chandler Baker uh, definitely recommend it. It's about four or three women in corporate law and just tells their stories and it just very accurately is able to paint the picture of sexism today in the workforce. And, you know, I, I was telling my family about it and my dad goes, oh, is this set in the 1970s? Because in his mind, sexism in the workforce was big in the 70s. And I'm like, no, this is set today. This is about working mothers. This is about getting, you know, passed up for, what's the word? I'm blanking on the word. Promotions. Promotions. And just, it's a fictional book because there's a murder in it. No spoilers, but it's a great book that I would recommend. And um, so that just reminds me of women having to take the high road in order to gain something else in the long run. And it's obviously still happening today in 2020, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that's what I found so, like, shocking about it is that, oh, my gosh, that's Gloria Steinem putting up with it. Like, I think that that moment in their office when that editor or whatever says something and, like, says I hired her for her legs. Her legs, yeah. And then everyone is silent. And Mm -hmm. my brother and I were watching it, like I said, and we were just like, and I was like, this isn't even the half of it. Like, this is like the... <laughs> but like- that's what I'm saying is that you would think in my mind, I'm like, yes, she would pop off and beat his ass with her words. Like, yes, queen. And so to see her behave in a way that most likely I probably would, and I'm someone who feels very confident in my understanding of my role in the world, to see her behave in that same way, it wasn't disappointing because I was like that's where we are as women, but I do think that it was kind of an awakening to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that is how she would handle it. That's how I would handle it now in 2020, and not much has changed in 50 years. Yep. Ugh! And that's because, That's what I, I think mean, when I, ugh. It makes me think of that book that we read by Mona el the um, Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls, and just yes. how there are all these things that women, and this is the case, this was the case with Gloria Steinem in, like, the 70s, it's the case with us now and plenty of other people, and just that, like, there are specific things that are not acceptable for women to be doing, whether that is, like, violence or um, profanity, or I can't even remember all of the ones that she says, but, like, I think if in whatever way that Gloria would have popped off, like, that would not have been, that's just not acceptable, and it's not something that women own, it's something that is owned by men, and that's a problem, but. And I'm, you know, very, you think about it, and she didn't pop off on that editor, because she knew in the long run it would benefit more women if she was published, and I think that 
scene where she signs the article for that woman was also a very powerful moment. Nellie, I know you talked about this in the beginning of our podcast. Um, and I remember getting choked up too watching that and just the impact of that article. You know, I think that's why Gloria did what she did. She didn't pop off because she yeah. knew the power that these articles had would in the end be more worthwhile than her calling out her sexist editor but i don't know gloria if you're listening quain like come on our podcast like tell us what you think i mean i yeah like i think she did what I, like kind of i was getting at earlier is she like played the game so that she could have this success um and be able to have that article reach the people that it needed to reach and um Again, it's so interesting because we say how she's someone that doesn't like politics, but she definitely plays into, in that case, yeah. workplace politics. Um, I mean, like societal politics, like there's no way to completely avoid that, but you can work within the system to be able to like make change. And she does that very much so. Well, and something that I found interesting just in our conversation, something that's come up for me is I think that we see her crumble under, not crumble, but start to really handle the pressure of what it means to be the forefront of a movement when clearly she cares about the issues at hand, but she doesn't want to engage in the politics. And what does it mean to have all of that pressure on her? So again, she's having all of these women in the workplace watching her as she handles this interaction with the publisher. But as you guys said, she's having to balance her reputation within that workplace with her national reputation and making sure that Miss Magazine has continued to be published. And I think that you also see that with the man that she's clearly in love with and wants to spend time with and their conversation where he's like, hey, do you think that kind of jokingly, like if I married you, that it would ruin your credibility a little bit? And you even hear Betty say on the plane, oh, you know, I said you were such a great role model because you weren't married and it shows that you can be happy when you're single. And so it really does create this dichotomy of women can't have it all. It's one or the other. You're either a Phyllis or you're a Gloria or you're somewhere in between. But I don't know. I think it really humanized her in a way that made me realize, oh, she is, as she even says herself, Wonder Woman is her idol, but she's not a real woman. I wish I was Wonder Woman. Me too. Go we all. Um, so this past week my mom was doing some spring cleaning and she found um Gloria's book Revolution from Within so that's going to be my goal is to read that book um over the course of this upcoming week um but I wanted to share a little quote from it that the book is just about self-esteem which is what I was I referenced earlier um but I want to share a quote because I feel like we all need reminders in self-esteem especially during quarantine but in general always um so this is just something for y'all to take with you into the week and into, or into the weekend. Um, she says, quote, the first step toward self-esteem for most of us is not to learn, but to unlearn. We need to demystify the forces that have told us what we should be before we can value what we are. Gloria Stein. We stand. We're also an ASMR channel in the meantime. Yeah, we'll be doing our next episode completely via ASMR. 
maximum <laughs> tingles as we talk about Shirley Chisholm. I will be eating honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. We hope you'll join us next week to talk about an icon, Shirley Chisholm. Um, we're talking about the third episode, Shirley. Thanks for being here. Bye. Yes. And again, please binge along with us. Listen with us. We'd love to connect with you guys. So give this podcast a follow. And, and follow us on Instagram. Yes. Follow us on the gram. And if there, there's anything, I mean, there are only so many um, episodes of Mrs. America. So we're hoping to continue this as long as we can. So if there's anything else that you'd like for us to, to discuss. We'd love to hear from y'all. What are you guys watching? What are you binging in quarantine? We want to connect with you guys. DM us. Should we make an Instagram account? Is it too early? I think we should. Yeah, I guess this is a this is an announcement of our Instagram <laughs> account. <laughs> so give us a follow. We have yet to make it, but by the time this podcast is uploaded, hopefully we have made it. So give us It'll a follow. It'll be my fourth Instagram account. I'm really thriving. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.